Welcome to the Shine Bright Podcast. I'm your host, Brianna Castell. My hope is that this podcast will be a place to encourage women to shine their lights brightly and authentically by unapologetically being who God called us to be. You can expect to hear me talk about things like Jesus, how ghetto adulting is, finances, dating, therapy, and honestly, everything in between. My prayer is that each episode you will walk away feeling encouraged, inspired, and seen. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome to this week's episode of the Shine Bright Podcast. I'm your host, Brianna Castell. The last few weeks, we have had even more racism overwhelm um, coming off the heels of the murder of George Floyd, the protests, the companies getting canceled, then making donations to save themselves, to most recently Rayshard Brooks, who was a 27-year-old black man who was fatally shot by an Atlanta police officer at a Wendy's. Um, I believe the police were called on him because he was sleeping found sleeping in his car or something like that. Um, I will be honest, I did not do a head dunk into that story because I just, honestly, I just can't right now. Um, Also, the police that killed Breonna Taylor still have not been arrested. There have been multiple reports of um, um, people found hanging, um, supposed suicides, but people are not, you know, people are calling them modern day lynchings. And um, most recently, although this is not necessarily um, a racism issue, but um, just another death of someone in the Black community, Um, but the 19-year-old girl Toyin, I've been seeing a lot about her story, and um, that's another one that I just can't, I just can't dive into right now, and um, you know, I hope that you will allow me this moment not to talk about these things. I'm not moving on from these issues. I'm not moving on from racism. I'm not moving on from fighting this fight. I just know that I'm overwhelmed and I need to check out from this conversation right now. And I hope that that is okay with you. And I hope that you will allow me this moment to talk about something different for those of us that need to take a break from this conversation right now. Before I do my How Is Your Heart check-in, I actually want to do a quick reflection from the week. And I have been seeing a lot of people protesting in different ways, um, protesting against racism and finding ways to love on the Black community right now. And I've been seeing one of one way that's becoming more of a trend right now is buying Black as much as possible. And I saw this quote on Instagram and it convicted me because this has been one of the ways that I've been, you know, quote unquote, protesting as well. And so I just want to share this quote. It says that we should be supporting Black-owned businesses out of practice, not out of protest. And man, listen, I felt that. And I'll be honest and say that I haven't always been as diligent and intentional about buying things from Black-owned businesses. I have several friends, Maya, Tiana, they are always talking about Black-owned businesses and where they buy their things and and the research that they do to find Black-owned businesses even before all of this happened. And they're about that life for real. And for me, that is something that I'm committing to doing better moving forward, not just for right now, but making that a way of life. And I saw this quote on Instagram, another quote, because I just be seeing a bunch of quotes on Instagram that I want to tell you about. But this quote really hit home for me for the why. So this was something that was reposted by, actually it wasn't reposted, it was posted by an Instagrammer named Clara Bell 
CWB. And she said, when I was planning my wedding in 2012, I was living in New York City, but I was getting married right here in Richmond. I was doing everything remotely and it was overwhelming. Luckily, I worked at a PR firm full of women who could plan events with their eyes closed. A friend of mine asked me if she could help me make a list of potential florists for the wedding and I said sure. The next day she came back with a list and said, I had a hard time finding black florists in Richmond, but there are a bunch in Northern Virginia that I added to the list. I told her thanks, but that the florists didn't have to be black. She was taken aback and said, really? My family would never let me spend that kind of money on someone who wasn't Jewish. And then my life shifted. I realized that I should have only used black owned vendors for my wedding, but I didn't. I realized that it should have been second nature for me to make that decision, but it wasn't. I realized that it was on me to ensure money remains within the black community, but I wasn't doing my part. And sometimes I still don't. It's easier for me to just buy on Amazon. It is faster for me to just order from a big box store, but I have to be better about supporting black owned and making it a habit. I'm getting that reminder loud and clear again lately. I don't, for me, I don't just want this to be a form of protest. I want this to be something that I am regularly making a part of my life. So moving forward, I will be sharing Black-owned brands here and there um, that I personally love and that I use so that you too can start being more intentional about where you spend your dollars. So first up, one of my favorite brands that I've recently discovered is called Black Girl Sunscreen. Yes, that is the actual name of the brand. You can Google it. It's Black Girl Sunscreen. And it's just that. It's sunscreen for black girls. Um, At the beginning of this quarantine, I started working on my skin and trying out a lot of different products really to find out what worked best for my skin. So that meant dabbling in a lot of different acids, which ultimately make my skin sensitive to the sun. And from what I read on all the beauty blogs, I knew that I was going to need sunscreen, especially because I've been trying to reduce my dark spots and not make them worse. So putting some sunscreen on to protect my skin. And Every, like I said, every beauty blog talked about needing sunscreen. And so I, you know, and, and black girls that are listening to this, like, yes, we can get sun damage too. Um, and so I found black girl sunscreen and I honestly don't even remember how I found it. Maybe I just Googled sunscreen for black girls. I really don't remember. But anyways, I tried this sunscreen and I love it. And this is not a paid advertisement. This is not a sponsored ad, anything like that. This is just me genuinely sharing a product that I love. Um, I've tried a lot of other sunscreens, but I have found that they let they leave that like white film or white residue on your face. And it can make your skin like really, really oil, really, really shiny. And because I specifically bought this sunscreen to wear on my face. I did not want something that was going to do that. And so black girl sunscreen does not have any of that. It's not oily. It's not, um, it doesn't leave that white residue like at all. I don't know how they do that, but it doesn't. Um, And you also don't get that weird sunscreen smell. So anyways, summer is coming up. So get you some black girl sunscreen, black girl. If you are white listening to this, um, I'm sure it will work for your skin too. So support as well. Um, this sunscreen is available on their website. It's even in Target, y'all. So go to target.com. So there's really no excuse, ladies. Um, I don't have a coupon code for you because like I said, this is not sponsored, but I just want to be more intentional about sharing the products that I'm loving. So go get you some black girl sunscreen. How is your heart, sis? How is my heart? Mmm. My heart's still pretty heavy from the past few weeks. 
obviously. Um, I think in general, if I'm honest, I've been feeling a, a bit of hopelessness. And one of my friends actually had to call me out on it on Sunday when we were talking. I said this before on a, a few episodes back that I think one of the hardest things about this coronavirus thing is that it's robbed us from the ability to look forward to things. And I think I've been feeling the weight of that lately. I had trips planned for this year. I actually had two dream trips that I've wanted to take since, you know, since I was making money. <laughs> and um, it looks like those trips might not be happening for me this year. Um, now that it's summertime, I had friends' birthdays coming up that I, the reason why I moved home was to be able to spend more time with my family and my loved ones. And while I'm so glad that I'm closer to them during this pandemic, it's like I, I've three, two or three birthdays, I think three of my friends' birthdays have gone by during this pandemic. And I just haven't been able to celebrate with them the way that I would have wanted to. And so I think I'm, I'm feeling like I, you know, I was going through this big life change already by moving back here, starting a new job. And I feel like this has robbed me of some of the things that I was excited about and looking forward to for this next season of my life. Uh, I wanted to go on random trips. I wanted to travel to different states for no reasons. I wanted to be in the city, being cute at brunches. I wanted to go on girls trips and so many things that I just feel like are put on hold and I don't know when they'll be put on play. And so I think I've been wrestling with that a bit. I think I've been grieving that even harder now that the weather's getting nice and um, I'm really wanting to to do some of those things. Um, there are many things that I'm grateful for that have come out of that that have come out of this season. But I think, like I said, as the weather gets nicer, I'm grieving the fact that summer is going to look very different than I imagined. And I'm working on my heart being okay with that, but it doesn't feel okay with that right now. But now it's your turn. Um, I want to know, and I want you to know and take this moment to check in with yourself and how is your heart doing? Are you starting to feel the weight of some of your canceled plans? Are you still still feeling this heavy weight from the past several weeks? Um, are you still processing that heaviness? It's very easy to just consume, 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 and not even stop to think about like, wow, how, how am I feeling? How am I processing this? So now it's time for you to check in. How's your heart, sis? All right, y'all, let's talk about season four of Insecure. For those of you that don't know, Insecure is a television series on HBO and the finale of season four aired this past Sunday night. Insecure season four started the first week of April and for many of us, it has, it has been basically a welcomed weekly distraction during this pandemic. Insecure is a show about main characters and best friends Issa and Molly and them basically navigating through life in their late 20s, early 30s. So we see their dating struggles, their relationship successes and failures, their challenges in the workplace, and in Issa's case, her journey to finding out what her passions are and stretching herself to walk in those. And um, most interestingly, the season has shown a lot of ups and downs of one of my favorite relationships in this series, the in the most 
in my opinion, the most important relationship on the show, the one between Molly and Issa. And so before I dig a little bit deeper, I do want to give a disclaimer that this show is definitely, it definitely has like mature adult content. There's definitely a lot of like hot and heavy sex scenes and I definitely have fast forwards through some of those. Um, so if you, if you know that'll be problematic for you, then I'm not recommending watching this show. But for me, the show is like my generation's girlfriends, um, which is why I watch. Disclaimer. From this point on, there will be spoilers. So if you have not seen the finale and you don't want to know what happens or you haven't seen the show and you want to start from the beginning and go binge watch it on HBO, cool. But just know you need to log off right now because and come back later because we are going to talk about everything. Okay? All right. I warned you. You had your moment to log off. I hope you're gone if you don't want to hear what's going to happen. Um, but <laughs> so I really want to focus this episode on talking about Molly and Issa. But first, you know, I have to address the bomb drop at the finale. Y'all, I am so upset. I hope y'all can hear me clapping. I'm so upset that Lawrence got that girl pregnant. Like, why can't my girl Issa catch a break? I was so happy for her this season. I was so proud of her. She was finally finding her footing with her career and her passion by putting on these Black community events. She was flourishing. She was even using her words and speaking up about how she felt. And she wasn't avoiding these tough conversations like we've seen her do in the past, especially in season one when her relationship with Lawrence was falling apart. Sis was growing. She was flourishing. She was killing it. And we were finally... Finally, we're given, the, those of us that were part of the Lawrence Hive, we were finally given everything that we have ever wanted, her and Lawrence together and happy and mature and flourishing. This is not bum, unmotivated Lawrence from season one that was always on Issa's couch moping around about how he was unemployed and just had no passion or zeal for life. This is employed, boss, and forever attractive Lawrence. And they were together for two episodes, happy, happy. And not like, like we have waited four seasons for this. And what happens? What happens? Condoleezza Rice gets pregnant. <laughs> I know her name is not Condoleezza Rice. Um, side note, I was cracking up because, of course, Twitter was going off about this season finale. And... <laughs> They were her name. Her real name was Condola for people who have not seen the show and are still listening. And people have been calling her everything but Condola. And so some of the the names that have been were trending for her were Canola Oil, Condensed Milk, Cambodia, Concentration No Hesitation, Controla, which is my favorite, <laughs> Condominium, Condolences, Contraception, which clearly they know nothing about, and Crayola. <laughs> But that aside, um, Twitter is hilarious. But I was, I had no words. Like, and it was funny because one of my friends, we were talking about it um, a Sunday during the day before it aired. And we were talking about what we thought was going to happen, how we thought it was going to end. And my friend said that she thought that Condola was going to be pregnant. And I'm like, no way, no way, absolutely not. I didn't even, like, I, I did not, there was not a part of me that thought that that was going to happen. Because honestly, when I saw that, when when she when uh, Lawrence told um, Issa that she 
that Condola was pregnant, I just had a flashback and I was so triggered to the storyline of the game all over again. And I will never forgive Derwin for getting Janae pregnant. My And my feelings are hurt all over. Like I, once a year, maybe more than that, I go back and watch I binge watch all of the game on, it's on Hulu. I watch it all. And even though I know what's going to happen, I get upset every single time when Duran gets Janae pregnant. And I feel like my feelings are hurt all over again. I refuse to go through Derwin and Melanie all over again through Issa and Lawrence. And I guess we will have to wait until 2040 when we finally get a season five, because, you know, used to be taking forever with these things. I love her, but this it's been a long time since. Anyways, we'll have to wait a while to find out what happens. Um, but I just had to get my frustrations out. Now, what I've really been looking forward to talking about is the awkwardness and just crumbling of Molly and Issa's relationship this season. So my girl, Molly, has been getting a lot of heat this season. And a lot of people have been calling her toxic and have been really frustrated with her behavior, rightfully so. And a lot of people have been calling for her, for Issa to cancel her as a friend. And if I'm honest, I found myself being very defensive about Molly this season. I I felt like I was on this don't cancel Molly campaign for a lot of people in a lot of my group chats. And I had to sit down and I was like, why am I going so hard? for Molly. Like, why am I going so hard for people not to cancel her and trying to explain her actions and play devil's advocate? And I realized that if I am very honest with myself, watching Molly this season was like looking at a mirror in some of my past relationships. And that was hard to do. I didn't want people to cancel Molly because it felt like they were canceling college Brianna too, who was just like Molly. I didn't want Issa to cancel Molly because I have seen the beauty of friends that can be patient with their undeserving Mollies. Now, of course, the Molly has to be self-reflective, take ownership, accountability, and apologize to their friends and actually make a change for the better. But a lot of people have been calling Molly the toxic friend. And toxic is this buzzword that everybody's throwing around right now. I definitely think Molly's actions were problematic this season. But I I don't think it was problematic in the ways that people think. I don't think Molly, a lot of people were saying like, oh, Molly just can't be happy for Issa. I, this is my opinion. I do not think that Molly's actions, while problematic, they definitely were problematic. I do not think that they were malicious intent. I know some of y'all are probably rolling your eyes at that, but I think Molly was not even realizing the things that she needs to unpack and the areas that she needs to grow. I saw this quote from this article called, I Recognize Myself in the Toxic Friendship on HBO's Insecure by D. Sylvester. So clearly I'm not the only one that saw myself in Molly. And her quote says, Molly wants her friend to stay the friend that she has always known. She wants to keep her in a box and she wants to be her one and only savior. She wants to remain in control of the one thing she's known forever because she isn't able to control anyone else around her. 
Issa is her coping mechanism. Thus, she can never expand beyond her role, she being Issa, because that would leave Molly out. As a reformed Molly, I think that is exactly where her actions are problematic. Like I said, I don't believe her intent is malicious when it comes to her relationship with Issa. I do genuinely think Molly does love and care for Issa. If you even go back, I started watching season one again, like Molly has always been there for Issa when Issa couldn't afford the birthday trip, I think what to Mexico or something like Molly stayed and did like a staycation with her. Like I think Molly's love for Issa is genuine. I just don't think Molly, Molly is not able to see or allow Issa to grow. She's not able to bite her tongue when she feels like her friend is making a decision that she doesn't agree with. She's not able to get off of her self-righteous high horse and realize that her stuff stinks too and that she isn't the have-it-all-together friend. Molly is not able to see Issa as who she has grown into and not who she was. Molly is still dealing with Issa as if she's Issa from season one, but we've watched Issa blossom and flourish into this beautiful woman who can use her words. Season one, that was not something that she can do. She can use her words. She can defend herself. She's not shying away from these tough conversations. She's holding people accountable for their actions. And we just haven't seen that in Issa before. And I don't think Molly knows how to handle that. It doesn't make anything about Molly's actions right or excusable. I just think it's another perspective. Sometimes it is hard to see our friends grow. And sometimes we are not always quick enough to adapt to who they are now. We're not quick enough to adapt to the changes that may have happened, especially in your 20s. Like we we are changed. We changed so much in our 20s. Like I think about who I was in in college, right? Like my friends that knew me in college, 18, 19 year old Brianna, I was very much so like Molly. And now, you know, five, six years later, I feel like I've had to reintroduce myself. Even in this past year, I've had to reintroduce myself to a lot of my friends. Shoot, I've had to reintroduce myself to me. Like there have been things that have surprised me about me. And I've even had to get reintroduced to a lot of my friends that I've known for years. I've had friends that have always been like more quieter, more meek that now, you know, they're like, you know, they've really stepped into their own. I have friends who were always the center of attention at every party, every this is and that, and now are much more quieter, much more introspective. And I think when we don't give our friends space to evolve, we are like Molly. Molly is not giving her friends, Issa, she's not giving her space to evolve. And I think that is what makes her problematic this season. But does it make her the villain? I don't think so. And does it make her unredeemable? I don't think so. Like I said, watching Molly this season was like looking at a mirror and I was mortified. I didn't want people to cancel Molly though she totally deserved to be canceled because I am so grateful that my friends didn't cancel me when I was the Molly. And I think about uh, this story is like so egregious for me to even think about until now. Um, But my friend said I can share this story. Um, 
I've heard a lot of people talk about Molly, like calling for Molly to be canceled because they said that she ruined such a special event in Issa's life, which was the block party. Personally, I don't think that Molly went to the block party with the malicious intent to ruin that event. But unfortunately, that ending was a mess. And I think that, you know, Molly was frustrated. She didn't use her words. She was not being a mature adult about the situation and just having the conversation with Issa about what was going on. And it exploded at the street fair. Um, And I think about an example, like my most Molly-ish example, which I'm really... um, (sighs) I'm really embarrassed to share, but I will just for the sake of transparency. So I remember um, one of my really, really good friends. It was her birthday. And prior to us going out for her birthday, I had been feeling like I've been, you know, a little bit frustrated with some of her um, decisions when it came to guys. And this is a friend who I love dearly. I think the world of her and I would get really frustrated when I felt like she was selling herself short in relationships because I'm like, girl, you are amazing. You are the bomb and you don't have to just have somebody around just to have somebody around. So that was my frustration that I was kind of walking into uh, this birthday celebration with. And so at this birthday celebration, we're at this big um, like concert type of event and it was a group of us and we were like moving through the crowd and you know when you're going through like a crowded space you guys all kind of hold hands and you know one person leads the way and you're pushing your way through the crowd well we were going through the crowd there was like two people ahead of us and this guy had stopped my friend to like try to holler at her get her number whatever and I was so annoyed because I'm like um first of all you're breaking the chain for us to go ahead and get out of her face like I was just like okay leave her alone And, um, you know, my friend was like entertaining him and I was getting so annoyed because I'm like, first of all, you don't broke the chain. Now I don't know where the the leaders of our group are. And then two, why are you even giving this person the time of day? So I was very frustrated. And because of that frustration, um, I ended up leaving the event. Like I just, and it was her birthday and I was very selfish of me, but I was so mad And I just left. Like, I was like, I was frustrated that I felt like she was giving somebody the time of day again that was like, girl, like, you're just entertaining somebody just to entertain somebody. And while my intentions were not malicious, they actually came out of a place of love. My actions were completely trash because this was her birthday. And I up and left. I just disappeared. I was like, I'm out. Like, I didn't have anything to say. I was so, so angry. Um, I also almost got into a fight at this this event because... Anyways, we won't get into that, but that added to it too. It, it added a little bit of fuel to the fire and I just left. And I think about that example and I'm like, that was so trash. And while, again, my intentions were not to be malicious, it doesn't change the outcome. And I'm grateful that me and that friend are still friends today. We were actually laughing about that today when I was asking her, laughing about that story when I was asking her if I can share it. Um, but I'm so grateful to her for not canceling me for that. We were able to talk about it and I'm still apologizing for that years later. Molly is human. It does not make her mistakes excusable, but I didn't want, I didn't want Issa to cancel Molly because I've seen the beauty of friends that can be patient with their Molly's. And now I'm not advocating for people to stick around in selfish and borderline abusive and controlling friendships. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just expressing my gratitude 
and for the patience of some of my friends. I am proof that Molly's can be redeemable. Of course, the Molly has to be self-reflective, take ownership and accountability and apologize to their friends and actually make a change for the better. But I don't think the Molly's are beyond redemption. And I'm grateful that my friends did not throw in the towel on my judgy, controlling, think I'm always right, or I always have the answers attitude. I'm grateful that they were lovingly patient with me, though undeserving, when they very easily could have cut me off with the quickness, justifiably so. To anybody that's listening to this, and they're the Issa in the relationship, they have a friend who is like the Molly, the overbearing friend, the judgy friend, the friend that you don't feel like you can tell things to because they're going to judge if they disagree. If you feel like you are the Issa and you have a Molly and you think the relationship is salvageable, I would encourage you to tell her about herself. Give her the gift of feedback because sis, honestly might not be aware. Give her the opportunity to improve or not improve and then you make the decision based off of that. But don't silently feel these things and not say that. We watched Issa. She reached out to Molly for them to go out to brunch to talk, but they didn't talk about anything, right? And I guess either... Either one of them was waiting for the other person to start up the conversation. It didn't happen. If you are the Issa in this situation and you feel like there is something there worth saving, and clearly Issa did. Sorry, that was my alarm. (laughs) And clearly Issa did. Do not hesitate to give that feedback. Do not hesitate to lean into that conversation. I am so grateful for my friends and the ways that they have checked me. And have told me about myself and the ways that I have made them feel, the ways that I had broken trust, the ways that I made them feel like they didn't want to share things with me. I needed to hear that and I needed to sit in that and I needed to do something with that. So if you, again, if you are the Issa and you feel like there is something salvageable there, tell your Molly to get her life together. Tell her exactly how she makes you feel. If she dismisses you and shuts you down, then you've you've done your part but at least give her the gift of that feedback so that she can do hopefully do something with that. And lastly, to any of my fellow recovering Mollies, understand sometimes you are the problem. Take the time to unpack that. Go to therapy. Learn to support your friends and love on them without interjecting what you think is right or wrong in what they're doing. Pray for them when you feel like they're making mistakes that will hurt them. Move and love and learn to let your friends grow out of needing you to save them. You know Jesus is. Learn to communicate. Learn to be slow to speak and quick to apologize. And if you are lucky enough to still have some Issa's, Kelly's, and Tiffany's around in your circle, despite your Molly-ish behavior, thank them now and for all the years that they have put up with you being their Molly. Then decide that you are not going to be her anymore. That's something that I had to do this week. Even though I'm grateful that my friends have seen the ways that I have grown, I had to just go back and be like, you know what, y'all? I realized that I was being so defensive about Molly because I feel like I was looking in the mirror and I just wanted to apologize again for the ways that I have been Molly. I haven't let you guys grow. I have dealt with you with who dealt with you based on who you were in the past and not who you are currently standing in front of me. 
Issa and Molly's relationship is my favorite relationship. And like I said, arguably the most important relationship of the show. And I hope that Molly stays in therapy and actually starts to unpack and take responsibility for her actions and the way that she shows up in relationships, friendships included, so that she can see like, sis, there's a pattern here in your behavior. I hope she unpacks that. I hope her therapist puts her foot in her behind and helps her to see the errors of her ways and that she's humble. And I hope that Issa continues to use her voice and push back when Molly is being selfish, inconsiderate, and judgy. And I hope that they work out. I have no idea what I hope for Issa and Lawrence, to be honest, because I just don't know. Um, I'm having a hard time letting go of this idea of Issa and Lawrence in my head, but I know good and well I would not be out here trying to play no one's stepmama. Um, maybe she just needs to go holla at Nathan. I don't know. We will have to wait till season five to see. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Shine Bright Podcast. Hopefully you are walking away with a different perspective of Molly and that you are not still on the Cancel Molly campaign. Let's be on the Let's Hope Molly Grows and Issa and Molly can continue to be friends after she continues in therapy, self-reflects and apologizes. Let's be on that campaign. Um, But thank you guys so much for listening. As always, please make sure that you rate this podcast wherever you listen so that um, more people can find this podcast. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend. And um, yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. Talk to you next week.